Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Avinu, our Father, we pray that Your Word would encourage Your people, O God, that uh, we would come away different, uh, that we would each, by Your Ruach HaKodesh, um, hear what You have for us individually and as a community. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So, what is the next holiday coming up? Is it Purim? Or is there one sooner? Do I mean Groundhog Day? There's something coming up in February. Do I mean Valentine's Day? No, I suspect that Scott knows what I mean. What do you think I mean, Scott? Every Shabbat is a holiday, yes. But no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. You uh, do not get a point. I'm looking for two Bishvat. Have you heard of two Bishvat? It's not about tubas. It's about trees. That's right. This year on February 10th is the new year of trees, Tuba Shvat. I know what you must be thinking, but David, that's almost a month away. And whoever heard of such a holiday? And what does that have to do with the price of beans? Well, I'm not sure about bean prices, but it has to do with this week's Haftarah portion, and furthermore, the entire Torah. I want to start off today by asking you a question. Do you want to be a tree? Raise your hand if you want to be a tree. All right. So hopefully by the end, I will convince all of you that I will see a sea of hands when I ask that question later, that everyone will want to be a tree. Yes. Do you have a question? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of doing something right now. If you Tell your jokes later. All right. <clears throat> uh, where was I? All right. So, if you want to be a tree, the question is also, what kind of tree do you want to be? Yeah, we have to think about it. Our Haftarah portion starts off by describing the children of Israel in this way. So, let's read it together, if we have it up there. All right, let's read this. In days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and bud, and fill the face of the world with fruit. Let's read that again together. In days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and bud, and fill the face of the world with fruit. Yeah, okay. So God's desire is for his seed, Jacob, that they would take root, that they would flower, that they would bear fruit like a good tree. God's desire for us who are the seed of Abraham, either grafted in or regrafted in, is that we will take root, flower, and bear fruit. Sounds like a tree, right? But perhaps 
you are still skeptical. Does God really want me to be a tree? You might be thinking to yourself. I suppose then we should start at the beginning. A very good place to start. In the beginning, God created trees. On the third day, and the Torah puts it like this. Then God said, Let the land sprout grass, green plants yielding seed, fruit trees making fruit, each according to its species with seed in it upon the land. See all the, all the words that appeared in our Haftarah portion are appearing here in the creation account? It's the same, same Hebrew words as well. And it happened so. The land brought forth grass, green plants yielding seed, each according to its species, and trees making fruit with the seed in it, each according to its species. And God saw that it was good. All right, so let's look at uh, one of the Hebrew words. This is the word for seed in Hebrew. Does anyone know what this is? Yes, zerah, okay? Uh, notice here on day three, there's a departure from the usual formula, okay? Day one, God said, let there be light. Day two, let there be an expanse. But on day three, it's let the land sprout, haaretz. In other words, we see for the first time the idea of mediating blessing and fruitfulness and life through the earth, right? Instead of the, just the usual, let there be, let this exist, it's let the land bring forth the trees and the vegetation and the seeds and the fruit. The earth or the land is a conduit for the seed, which in itself is a symbol of mediating blessing. Think about a seed, right? Everything needed for another plant is contained in that tiny seed, right? To reproduce, to bear fruit after its kind. And this shows that God is generous with his creative power. He wants to partner with us, and he wants to bring life through the earth. He wants to bring life through the intimate union of a husband and wife. He wants to bring life through the seed of Abraham, life and blessing, right? That's the, where we're heading in, in uh, the Abrahamic covenant, right? Are you following with me? So God wants to bring blessing to the earth through the seed, through the seed. This is a very important idea. The next time we find Zerah, it's a promise in uh, Genesis 3, verse 15, and it's perhaps the first messianic reference in the scriptures uh, a lot of a lot of people have meditated on this, and uh, and what's happening is God is speaking to the uh, that talking serpent, right after uh, after we kind of mess up and eat the the wrong fruit, and this is what He says: I will put animosity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. Okay, so there's two seeds here going on. It's a mysterious text, but there's some things that we can get from it. So God is doling out the consequence of eating the wrong fruit and the curse on the land, but we find a glimmer of messianic hope. The seed, which is the descendant from Eve, will crush the head of the serpent and his seed, but will experience bruising in the process. The serpent... Uh, has been associated with, you know, the evil inclination, the accuser, the, that is the, the, the Satan, 
and the sea dragon in later texts and in the New, New Testament as well. So the idea is these two forces are at odds with one another, and uh, the good seed, the seed of the woman, right, will ultimately triumph over the bad seed of the serpent, right? But it will be injured in the process. Does this make sense? You following along? Yes? No? Okay, good. All right? In other words, the descendant of the woman, the seed or descendant, will defeat evil, but will be hurt in the process. So the Brit Hadashah picks up on this motif by explaining that Yeshua, the Messiah, by his death on the tree, triumphs over death, over sin, evil, over the sea dragon and the evil inclination and the accuser. He triumphs over that by his death on the tree, right? But more about that tree later. We'll have to come back to that. The idea is that the seed of humanity enables us to bring life. God can create life just by speaking, just by his word. But humanity, we bring life through the seed, which is translated at, usually as descendant or, or, or child. God created the land, the earth, as a medium through which the plants and the trees would flourish, would flower and grow. The words for seed and fruit are repeated for humanity. We saw that in our, in our earlier text, right? This, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to be like trees. We're to be fruitful like a tree. Remember, God says be fruitful and multiply, right? It's the same word. The word for fruit is the same for tree. And God will bring the ultimate redemption to humanity by the seed of the woman who is ultimately the Messiah. The biblical writers were comparing us to trees in the creation story so that we would bring blessing and the love of God into the earth, right? Just like a tree does. There's some more trees in the creation, aren't there? Yes. In the beginning, there were how many trees in the garden that are important? There were two trees, right? One was the tree of life, and uh, the other was the tree of the knowledge of good and not so good, okay? And so of these, which tree would you rather be? Would you rather be the one that brought destruction, or do you want to be the tree of life? Tree of life? Okay, very good. I think that's a good choice. Okay, so how do we do that? How do, how do we be, be a tree of life, right? That, that's the question. Tree of life gives eternal life. Remember, they, they ate its fruit, right? The same word for fruit is used for humanity when we're told to be fruitful and multiply, as I said. Well, for one thing, we can look at our tongues, right? Everyone who has a tongue, I want you to stick out your tongue. Uh, okay. All right. Tongues aren't just good for eating fruit, but they are good for bearing fruit as well. Did you know that? By the words that we say. Proverbs 15, verse 4, puts it like this, and let's all use our tongues and say it together. A healing tongue is a tree of life, but a deceitful one crushes the spirit. Let's try that again. A healing tongue is a tree of life, but a deceitful one crushes the spirit. My wife's tongue is a tree of life. It's very much like this. She is always encouraging me. 
reminding me that I am loved, that God has equipped me to do everything that I am called to do. Um, a friend of mine texted me out of the blue this week, and I, the text just said, you the man, right? And that, that really encouraged me. It really, it really spoke to me. It was some, some edifying fruit. It was like I was eating a peach, but it was, it was words, right? Do you know someone like that? That's you know, always encouraging, right? Maybe you are someone like that, and that is good. I think our, our community is full of encouragers. It's one of the things that I love about Tikvot Israel. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's great. So this is one way to be a tree of life, right? Proverbs 11, verse 30 gives us this nugget, which is interesting. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever wins souls is wise right? The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever wins souls is wise. So this motif occurs over and over in Scripture. We see seeds and fruit wherever we go. What are the fruits that we bear as trees of life? Well, one answer is the fruits of the Spirit. Have you ever thought about that? Why are they called fruits? Because we're supposed to bear them as trees, right? We're supposed to grow Love berries, joy fruits, peace apples, patience melons, kindness peaches, goodness bananas, faithfulness apricots, gentleness kumquats, and self-control plums. If you want to be a good tree, remember you're also rooted and grounded, but in what kind of soil? And what kind of nutrients? Psalm 1 puts it like this. Happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the Torah of Adonai. On his Torah, he meditates day and night. He will be, what? Like a tree, a planted tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season. Its leaf never droops. But in all he does, he succeeds. Right? This relates to our verse for the year. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. From Psalm 119, verse 11. Thinking about the Torah. Listening to the Torah. Reading the scriptures. Reading them out loud to someone else. Or reading them out loud to yourself. Thinking about the promises of God. Meditating on the promises of God. These keep us rooted and grounded like healthy trees next to living water. These are the streams of water that refresh our spirit. Haven't read the Torah in a while and you don't know where to start? Where I like to go if, I, if I've been away for a little while is read one of the Psalms like we just read. It just takes a moment, but it can be very grounding. Sometimes before I begin my work, I'll just read, read a quick psalm, right? And it's kind of refocus my heart, okay? But the opposite is also true. Let's go back to this week's Haftarah portion where we saw the hope of Jacob flourishing like a tree, but also, like uh, many parts of Isaiah, it comes also with a kind of a warning, okay? And this is what, uh, this is what the Scripture says. The fortified city stands desolate, an abandoned settlement, forsaken like the wilderness. There the calves graze, there they lie down, 
they strip its branches bare. Those are the branches of a tree. When its twigs are dry, they are broken off, and women come and make fires with them. For this is a people without understanding, so their maker has no compassion on them, and their creator shows them no favor. This is a, describing a tree without connection. It's faithless. It's going after other gods, and so it will wither up from lack of water. The, the, the branches, the twigs will, will break off, right? But it's like Yeshua said in the Besorah of John. He said, I am the vine, and you are the, the branches, yes. A branch connected to the living water, it's going to stay healthy. It's going to stay connected. Isaiah goes on to describe Israel as wilted flowers and unripe figs due to their behavior. What are they doing? They're getting drunk on wine, they're proud, and they're uh, involved with idolatry, other gods. The idea is staying connected to God and to others in our moments of weakness. Our tendency is to do what Adam and Eve did, right? When we make a mistake, what do we want to do? We want to hide because we're ashamed, right? But it's healthier to stay connected, connected to God, connected to others. I mentioned another tree earlier. Beginning in the book of Acts, the stake where Yeshua died for our sins, usually called the cross, is referred to as a tree. This is, I think, the first time that it's done that way. So why is that? I think the biblical writers are picking up on this motif throughout the scriptures. And this is because the suffering servant, the leper scholar, the wounded healer, he traded his pains for us to experience abundant life, to experience the tree of life, right? In the early Yeshua movement, uh, we uh, come across a character known as Peter, and uh, he has to get over his prejudice against non-Jews in chapter 10, and then he is able to gospel with these words, and this is uh, interesting. Uh, I think this is uh, one of the first times that the, the, the execution stake is referred to as a tree. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, I truly understand that God is not one to show favoritism, but in every nation he f- the one who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, proclaiming shalom through Messiah Yeshua. He is Lord of all. You know the message he has, that is spread throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the immersion that John proclaimed. You know how God anointed Yeshua of Nazareth with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses to all he did, both in the Judean countryside and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and caused him to be visible, not to all the people, but to us, witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. We ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he commanded us to proclaim to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who puts his trust in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Sounds like the tree of life, doesn't it? Right? It's the fullness of life, the forgiveness of sins, but this tree is actually the tree where he died, ironically. As strange as it may seem, Yeshua brought us back to the tree of life by way of his death on the tree. 
In our lives, we experience this. We know that this is true. We experience pruning, right? We experience drought. We experience feeling stuck. Back when I was a, a Spanish teacher in elementary school, um, I used to show my students uh, a self-portrait uh, by Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. It was entitled Raices, or Roots, and this is what it was. They always got a big kick out of this. Fourth graders just love this. Not really, but uh, <laughs> well, some of them did. Anyway, so we would talk about, uh, look at it for a second, uh, why someone might paint themselves as a plant, right, with roots coming out of them, right? So if you know anything about Frida Kahlo, she felt stuck in a lot of her life. She was often sick in bed, so she painted herself that way, literally. So she paint so others would know she could express what she was going through. So roots have this way of keeping us stuck, right? But the other side of roots is what do they do? They also nourish us, right? They keep us from being a tumbleweed. Would you rather be a tree or a tumbleweed? Just floating along the old west, right? That's no good either, right? So maybe you're in a season like Frida Kahlo was experiencing, and maybe you're feeling stuck, but you can also think of it as an opportunity to be rooted and nourished by the living water. There's uh, lots of examples of, of trees being people in the scriptures that I didn't have time to put in here, um, but uh, one I thought of is uh, there's a pretty famous one, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel has a dream about a tree, right? And uh, he's, he sees this mighty tree and uh, all the... Uh, another good thing about trees is that they are what? They're, it's a habitat for, for animals. So he sees all these birds being nourished and all these animals being nourished by this tree. And, uh, and then uh, some other things happen to it and the, the tree is knocked down, okay? And uh, he doesn't know what it means, so he calls, he calls on Daniel. And Daniel says to him, uh, and there was, a, there was a song about this, I think, uh, uh, David Haller, if you remember. He, he says, you are, you are the tree, right? We did a, we did a musical about Daniel here, and uh, we, we sang a, a little rap about this part. And, it says, and he says, I am the tree, and the tree is me. He says, you are the tree. And he says, how can that be? Right? It doesn't rhyme in the, in the Torah, but, uh, it, <laughs> but in the song it does, Right? And so Daniel goes on to describe how he has become like this mighty, mighty tree. And he, uh, as a king, he's providing for people, right? But he's also grown proud. And so the Lord is going to come and cut down the tree and tear it up so that he can learn humility, right? Which eventually he does, and then he praises the God of Israel, okay? That's in Daniel chapter 4. So this... This thing that I'm saying, right, that we are trees, it's not, not so crazy, right? Daniel is a very uh, credible person, and he said the same thing about Nebuchadnezzar. So are you slightly convinced? Who wants to be a tree now? All right, that's much, much more hands, I think. Almost everyone, that's good. All right? So what's the idea here? Trees, they bring blessing to the earth. They bring fruit, which nourishes. They reproduce through seeds to bring more blessing. Trees are rooted by living water, and they flourish with flowers to bring beauty and goodness into the world. Once you're aware of this idea, 
you know, the whole scriptures, you can see it appearing over and over. When it, whenever it talks about trees, you can think about that. So this Shabbat, why not go outside and think about how you are like the humble yet mighty tree and how we are connected to the tree of life through Yeshua the Messiah. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. Avinu, we thank you uh, for these um, pictures that you've given us in your word, Lord, that um, help us understand uh, your purposes for humanity. And we pray that we would be fruitful here by the fruit of your, your ruach, the fruit of your spirit, that we would um, be conduits of blessing and love for the wider community, Lord. And that you would show us how we can speak words of encouragement and how we can continue to be rooted and uh, established in your word, oh God, and in your love um, in our daily uh, practice, Lord, that we can um, uh, really bring blessing to the ends of the earth as uh, the, uh, the charge that you gave to Adam and the charge that you gave to the children of Israel um, to be fruitful and multiply. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you uh, provide for us and that you nourish us um, by your love. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.